Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Grandal turns this one around. A deep left center field. Yasmani Grandal goes deep. And extends the lead for the Dodgers to 8-5. We would like to score more runs in the first two innings. We didn't get any there. We get five in the third. We'll push the starter out. And we get to a point where we're not able to create much traffic or opportunity after that. Now he does hand it off. And Bell squirts through a hole. Still on his feet. First down, 45. Down to the 40-yard line. A 15-yard run by Le'Veon Bell that puts him above 100 for the game. You know, we, we always wanted guys here, you know, but, but uh, you know, he didn't have to be here. You know, it's, uh, so we, we want him here because he's, he's an amazing football player and he helped his team. So we'll be excited when he gets here. Hopefully it won't take him long to get into football. Today. Picked up by Steph Curry. Six to shoot. He's at the right point. He stutter steps. He launches a three. He nailed it! Three seconds to go. Cavaliers 92, Warriors 89, Irving has 26. Cleveland wanted either Jason Tatum or one of those top two picks. And ultimately, uh, Ainge decided that the next pick was worth getting a guy like Kyrie Irving, now pairing with Gordon Hayward, and still having potentially the Lakers pick, which if it's two to five, they get it next year. If it's not, it becomes Sacramento's pick in two years. For Saverin on Sports. Would a change do the Pirates some good? I mean, in addition to a change from losing, now lost 8 out of 10. There are some things that can still be accomplished here, even though the season from a competitive standpoint is over. And I've got some ideas about what ought to be done from this day forward. Should there be something done, not only with the baseball team on the field, but those who command it? Certainly, there's a lot of blame to go around. The Pirates are on target to lose more games than they did last year. So, obviously, heading in the wrong direction. But who's most responsible for that direction? The first thing that people will say, Bob Nutting, deservedly so. But how much falls on Neil Huntington? Not everything related to running a baseball team is money. There are other factors involved. How much should Neil Huntington bear responsibility? I've got some information, and then hopefully that will help you decide. Ben Roethlisberger, you heard him. This morning had a lot to say about Le'Veon Bell's return. Bell says that he'll be back September 1st, which, of course, 
is nine days in advance of the first game. Ben worried that Le'Veon will not be in football shape. They don't do much, if any, hitting in practice. He also talked about how he reached out to Bell, texted him, didn't get any response. <clears throat> this We heard this again in the Martavis-Bryant situation. My comment is the same now as it was then. Now, maybe Ben's just answering a question honestly. I understand that. But it seems some of those issues to me ought to be kept between the players or at least inside the locker room and not made public. Interesting tweets about that. But more than that, asking you, do you have concerns about Le'Veon Bell being ready in time for the opener in Cleveland? We'll talk to Jerry Dulac about that today at 1.30. Pardon me again. I'm getting better. Not quickly enough. The world's longest cold. We don't talk a whole lot about the NBA here on the show. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe not. Depends on your opinion. I'd like to hear from you about that. But it's hard to ignore a true blockbuster trade in any sport. even if it's one we don't cover. And that is the Cleveland trade of Kyrie Irving to Boston for Isaiah Thomas and others. Helping us dissect that will be longtime colleague and native Pittsburgher, I might add, Cleveland talk show host Kenny Rhoda will join us today at 1 p.m. And I also, at 1.15 today, maybe you read the story, ESPN has a TV announcer named Robert Lee. He was supposed to announce Virginia's, let's remember what happened there a week and a half ago, opening game against William & Mary, another Virginia school. ESPN pulled him off the game. Why? Because his name is Robert Lee, as in Robert E. Lee, as in the statue that allegedly prompted the neo-Nazis to go there, KKK, to go there. That was their excuse for showing up. Isn't this going a little bit too far? I mean, if my last name, I don't know, were uh, Stanley Jackson, they called me Stonewall, should they keep me off the air? (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, come on. Come on. We've got a trivia question for you today. It involves baseball. Here's how you get involved. 412-922-2874. Pound 970 on your cell. You can email Stan Savern at iHeartMedia.com. Post on Facebook. If you'd like Savern on sports and tweet. At Stan Love the Show. Before we get to the upper level management discussion about the Pirates, and we'll talk about Le'Veon Bell. Again, asking you the question, do you think that he will have issues getting back without any training camp for the Cleveland opener? may not matter against Cleveland, but we'll see. By the way, Deshaun Kaiser is going to start their third exhibition game, not Brock Osweiler. Could he be the opposing quarterback on September 10th? Now, it's another topic for another day. 
The Pirates season, competitively, in terms of fighting for a postseason berth, are over. Season's over. Eight out of ten, eight games behind, it's over. So any pretense of playing people because, well, we've got to put our, quote, best out there, those days are gone. You might as well start thinking about next year. And I thought this should have been the case for a while. Number one, I want to see Elias Diaz catch every day, or virtually every day, as much as a catcher does. Frankly, thus far, I've been pretty unimpressed with Diaz. Have you noticed this is something maybe superficial? Not necessarily last night, but in his last start, he had trouble throwing the ball back to the pitcher. And this may seem like a small thing, but he's supposed to be a terrific defensive catcher. He would throw the ball back to the pitcher down at his ankles, make him jump to the side to get it. Now, that may not seem like anything, but pitchers expend a lot of energy. And I was always taught, throw the ball back to the pitcher he can handle it. Not that he can't catch it, but you don't want him stooping down or scraping his ankles or leaping up in the air to catch the return throw from the catcher. Be that as it may, I want to see him catch every day. We know what Chris Stewart can do. Nothing against him, but he is who he is. and he shouldn't be on the team next year. We know that they're paying Cervelli a lot of money, but so what? you got to pay him anyway. Season's over competitively. Play Elias Diaz. Another thing, why not start Jose Asuna at third base? Why not start his training program now? Why wait until January or December, whatever it is, for Winter League Baseball? What's the worst that can happen? He might make an error? I mean, at the very least, you get his bat in the game. And don't platoon him either. His batting average against lefties is much higher, but of his six home runs, five have come off right-handed pitchers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you think that he's got a chance to become a competent third baseman, and by the way, they didn't have one for a long time around here, <clears throat> they traded that for some home run power, which they got fair Fair to Pedro. Do it now. Maybe they think it's unfair to the kid. There's a lot more than just fielding ground balls. Sacrifice bunts, bunts of any kind. Charging a ground ball, picking it up in one motion with your bare hand and throwing. I get that. 
but he is a first baseman by trade, so he's got some understanding of infield play, although first and third are entirely different animals. But why not find out now? Why not find out if this guy, because you like his bat, I do, why not find out now? Now, the minor league guys will be up here soon enough. They brought up a couple. It's only eight days, right? Rosters expand. And I don't have a problem with them not bringing up Glass now because if they wait till the 27th, just four days, they save a year on him. <clears throat> Maybe he never turns into anything, but that's just smart. But once those guys get up here, those that are capable, play them. If you've got a shortstop, and they don't, you know what Jordy Mercer is. It's not a slap in his face. Let's see some of these guys. But the people who are already here should be playing every day. And I would imagine that even when Cervelli is able to come off the disabled list, that they will delay that until September 1st, it would be ludicrous to send Diaz down. If he's your catcher of the future, and I'm sure they'd like to find a way to dump Cervelli's salary, play him now and play him virtually every day. Play Adam Frazier every day. Anyone you'd like to get a look at, play him every day. I don't need to see John Jaso every day, every other day, every third day. I get it. Why not get something out of this? Steve joins us now from Finleyville. Hi, Steve. Hey, Stan. Thanks for taking the call, man. Thank you. Um, Stan, you know... I'm- I'm not exactly the biggest Neil Huntington fan. Actually, it started from the moment he took the job when he came in and took the microphone and said, "We're not, we're not, we're not concerned about the big league roster at this present time." I believe that was word for word what he said. And from that second on, he lost me from the beginning. And Stan, they do the same things over and over, just nothing in the off season. Uh, and I don't need to go over it all again, Stan. But um, you bring a good point up. Um, should the you know like with the Osuna thing, like why does he not play in third base? And now come on, crazy answer. Where you know with the relative humidity and reverting back to the mean, you can't declare war in third base for him or something. They'll come up with some crazy statement that doesn't make any sense, Stan. He should be playing. You're right. The season's over. I mean, I'm a God-order man. When they were seven games, I, I'm still following. I know in the back of my mind they're not going to turn it around because they weren't given the parts to turn it around. You can blame Hurdle for a lot of this stuff, but he's only playing poker with the cards he's dealt. And, Stan, the minor league system, since they've gotten here, since this group has taken charge, um, you, you know this as well, and you brought it up at times. They don't do the little things well. They don't have a guy on this roster that can bunt. They don't have a. They don't bunt very much, but they can't, even when they have to, they can't do it. They don't run the bases very well. 
the pitchers don't hold on the runners very well. So apparently they got to strike out everybody and, and hit home runs, but they don't have any home run hitters. You know, I mean, McCutcheon, but he's not one of their guys. You know what I mean, Stan? I'm sorry for taking so long there. But no, well, let me just say, because we, we, we want to get to a break here, and I do want to get to Huntington. Um, I apologize. Uh, no, no apology necessary. I'm glad you you know have a chance to you know to vent. Um, uh, I would say this: that the fundamentals in this team were bad during Littlefield too. Uh, no doubt. And and and, um, and that's not take any pressure off this organization. They had a chance to change this around. I mean, you know, they took over um, at, at the end uh, after the 2007 season. Uh, so they've had an opportunity, certainly ten years, uh, to to you know, uh, instead they did you know have three good years. I mean, they did they you know didn't advance uh, advance once um, you know in the wild card and all that kind of thing. Um, but uh, again, they talked about building an organization with sustainability, meaning they wanted to be good every year. Well, uh, that hasn't happened, and the reason it hasn't happened is because they've drafted poorly, and we're going to get to that next. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the fundamentals have been bad around here for a very long time. Um, I, I don't know why that never changes. I will say this about teams bunting. I see, I watch a lot of ball games, and I, I don't see any team that does it particularly well. I will say this about the Dodgers. Last night was a classic example. Guy leads off with a double. The next guy, it's a ground ball to the right side. And then the next guy, it's a ground ball that scores the guy from third. Get the man in from third with less than two outs. Move him over with man on second and nobody out. Now, the Dodgers have a much better lineup than the Pirates, but this is an example. Those of you uh, on the line, we're going to uh, you know, talk about this issue. Um, I've got the draft information on every one of Neil Huntington's number one picks beginning in 2008. You tell me how he's done. That's coming up next on Savern on Sports. Take us with you wherever you go. ESPN Pittsburgh is on the iHeartRadio app. Anywhere, anytime, and always free. ESPN Pittsburgh, an iHeartRadio station. Don't try to feed him any BS. It insults his intelligence and makes him angry. I got a business to run. I got to kick asses sometimes to make a run right. Saverin on Sports. ESPN Pittsburgh on 970 AM and 106.3 FM. We were able to acquire two young prospects uh, that we think highly of. We also acquired a veteran reliever uh, that's pitched in high leverage roles in the past uh, that is relatively neutral splits um, and gives Clint Hurdle an option as we continue to push this forward. Yeah, Joaquin Benoit. But this isn't about trades. This is about the draft. PL posts on Facebook and said, if no deals, Neil's hands were tied by nothing. Hard to blame him. But some of the moves he's made are puzzling. In addition to that, Tim says, I agree. It's Huntington's fault as well. His drafts have been bad, really bad. The only reason we got Josh Bell, if you remember, is because we overpaid him drastically. You can't do that anymore. And, you know, that that's uh, uh, part of the uh, problem. Tim says the drafting's been okay, but the development has been a problem. Well, <clears throat> that may be true, but you got to develop people, but they have to have talent in the first place, right? And there's severe questions about that. 
So what I did here was dig out the number one draft picks. And remember, not every number one is going to pan out, but also there are several rounds in the draft. I mean, who's to say that the seventh round pick won't become a star? Albert Pujols, who now is the leader among foreign-born players in home runs, I think he hit 612 last year, last night, or 610, whatever it is, passing Sosa, he was he was drafted late. I mean, you never know. <clears throat> so there's more to a draft in any sport than just the first-round pick. Now, there are 15 picks that Neil Huntington made, number one draft picks, and there are more than just the 10 years he's conducted the draft because there have been some supplemental picks. You know, after the first round, if you lost a free agent, so I'm going to include those because maybe you call them second, early second-round guys, but they are technically first-round picks. So in 2008, Pedro Alvarez, second overall pick in the draft. I mean, he did some things, but he's in the minor leagues. 2009, the worst of them all, maybe Tony Sanchez with the fourth fourth overall pick. Imagine who you can get with the fourth overall pick, or you should get. Also that year, supplementally, they drafted a guy named Victor Black, a pitcher, who they traded to the Mets to get Marlon Byrd. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So at least, you know, they got some utility out of that pick. In 2010, it was Tyone. Um, I mean, I think the arrows pointed up. There are some issues. He's, he's not having a good year. We understand some of the circumstances. And you can always make the argument who they could have taken. Tyone, of course, was the second pick overall. You could add Manny Machado. How would the Pirates look if Manny Machado was the starting shortstop or third baseman? He's already been an all-star more than once. Derek Garrett Cole was number one. Not bad, but let's be honest, he's a disappointment. <clears throat> 2012, they took Mark Appel, the right-handed pitcher. He didn't sign, which they parlayed into a number one next year. So, and Appel then signed with the Astros. He's still not in the major leagues. They also took a guy named Barrett Barnes, an outfielder. I think they traded him away recently. He's of no benefit to the Pirates, let's put it that way. In 2013, they took Austin Meadows. Still a young kid, but he's hurt again. Missed most of the year with a hamstring now. He hadn't played the last five games in Indy because he's got an oblique strain. Don't know. The other number one pick, 14th overall, should be a damn good player. The Pirates soured on him in three years and dumped him in the Liriano dump to Toronto. And if you say, well, he, they said he wasn't a very good prospect. Well, then why was he drafted in the first round? I mean, you don't get off the hook for that. Well, he wasn't that good of a prospect. Well, then you screwed up by drafting him 14th overall. 
2014, they drafted shortstop Cole Tucker, 24th overall pick. Tucker is currently just got promoted to Altoona about a month and a half ago, hitting 220 in Altoona. Still a kid. He's 21, but he's hitting 220 in Altoona. Also that year, they took Connor Joe, who they a supplemental first-round pick. They just traded him. 2015, Kevin Newman, 18th overall, shortstop, middle infielder. He's currently at Indy hitting 295 after being promoted there, but he has no power. All right. But he looks to be a backup utility infielder at best. They also took Brian Hayes with a supplemental first-round pick that year. Hayes currently at high A still. Hitting 276. In 2016, of course, it's too early to evaluate these guys, these kids. Will Craig, first baseman, 22nd overall. He is at high A Bradenton, hitting 272, and a pitcher with a supplemental first round pick named Nick Lodolo. I honestly don't have any information on what he's done. So, what do we have here? 15 overall first and supplemental first-round picks of those players. And you get a pass for the last two years anyway, maybe three, because they're still young. Of those 15, though, two are in the big leagues. Pedro's in the minors. Appel in the minors. Don't know where Barnes is. Sanchez. I think he signed on with Milwaukee. He's a minor league player there. Victor Black, I don't think that he's – he had a big arm through nearly 100, but I, I don't think he's on the Mets roster. Meadows in the minors, McGuire in the minors. So that's on Neil Huntington. It's also on his scouts, but who hires the scouts? Who hires the scouting director? Who's in charge of all the baseball operations? And this is no longer just about money. I mean, it used to be. I mean, going way back when they passed on Matt Wieters, I realized Matt Wieters didn't become Johnny Bench. But he's a hell of a lot better than that left-handed relief pitcher, Clint, whatever his name was, from Vanderbilt. And that clearly was a money issue, and they didn't want to deal with Scott Boris. Now... Money's not an issue. So you can't blame all of that on nutting. He deserves plenty. But you're slotted. You can only offer him so much, so you can't outbid people anymore. Plus, they have the benefit of revenue sharing. So you can complain all you want about nutting. He's not going anywhere. But what about Huntington? What about Kyle Stark? We've got people lined up on the phones. We're going to get to them next. Today on Savern on Sports. Catch the Crowley Show today at 4. Where your mom listens, and hey, you should too. Adam Crowley on your home of the Steelers. ESPN Pittsburgh at 970 AM and now at 106.3 FM. It's not personal, it's strictly business. This is business, and this man has taken it very, very personal. Saverin on Sports, ESPN Pittsburgh, on 970 AM and 106.3 FM. 
Josh Bell is the batter, and Bell cranks one to right center field, and he has hit it way out of here. Number 21 on the season for the rookie Josh Bell. Well, Josh Bell's a success story. He was a number two pick, a high number two pick, and I give the Pirates credit for that because they paid him a lot more money, as one of our uh, listeners uh, suggested, and they, because he was going to go to the University of Texas, and they, uh, you know, paid him enough to get him. And that's good on the uh, organization. Trouble is, you can't do that anymore. Major League Baseball, I think, unfortunately, changed the rules, which hurt small market teams. Uh, Jamie tweets me at Stan Love the Show. He says, "Wow." When you reviewed those draft picks, it's disheartening. Can you imagine if the Steelers drafted that badly? Browns times two. Brian says, I agree. I want Glasnow to start five games September. I want to see Austin Meadows play every day up here. Osuna at third. Give me a reason to watch this team in September. Play all the young guys. I never want to see Jaso and Stewart again. I mean, they are what they are, but now's not the time. We know what they are. We know what David Freeze is. He's not a bad guy to have on your team, but we also know that you don't want him playing every day, and they have him under contract for next year. Dorian and McKees Rocks. Hi, Dorian. Welcome to Saverin on Sports. Mr. Saverin. Yes, sir. Uh, going back to your first segment, can we do that? I'd like to comment on it and ask you a question. Well, certainly. All right. Considering attendance, I have a little different viewpoint of things. Will the Pittsburgh fans pay the PNC prices and fill those seats up to see what they might deem a glorified tryout for not the names that they've followed all year. You know, it's, it's, a, great, it's a great point, Dorian, because I wanted to mention that. <clears throat> Maybe the biggest number of last night's game or the last two games aren't the final scores. The biggest numbers to be concerned about, 19,000 Monday night, 17,000 last night to see the best team in baseball. And and I bring that they're down anyway, and you figured that they would be. Certainly, they fall out of contention. So I think that they're going to be in trouble attendance-wise. They usually are in September. Certainly, if they're not in contention, I think people have seen what this team is. They don't like what they see. They don't like the direction what they see. And I think if you play younger players, not that all of a sudden they're going to be thirty-five thousand there on a Tuesday night, but I honestly don't think Dorian it's going to affect people because they know the team is going nowhere this year. I think you've convinced me. Okay, <laughs> that was easy. Well, no, I, I, I listen to you faithfully. I mean, I, thank you. Uh, and uh, I, I'm convinced. I, Thanks for the, uh, taking the call. All right, thank you, Dorian. I mean, I, I understand your point. I mean, I fully do, and I, I wanted to include that as part of the discussion. Um, you know, where are they going? You know, we saw a bit of a spike, and I, I got, as you know, I see the TV ratings um, every day after a game, and we saw a spike. The Milwaukee series when they swept. Ratings, I, I told you, the two highest, two of those games, the two highest ratings they've gotten all year. But now they're back down again because they're out. So I don't think that if you go, if, if Jose Asuna is playing or Austin Meadows is playing or, or Diaz is playing, um, I don't think it's going to spike the uh, attendance, but I don't think it's going to hurt it either. I mean, the team's performance is what will keep people away, not necessarily who's in the starting lineup. Skip joins us from Mount Lebanon. I knew you would get in. <laughs> I knew. I can read. I see your tweets. Yeah, I, I don't mean to beat you over the head with it, Stan. I, I, I respect you more than anybody in this market on baseball. I, I think you know the game, and I don't think you always say what you really think. And um, 
I'll tell you another thing. Talking about the Dodgers, too. People have this false narrative that the Dodgers bought that team. All the big money guys are bad contracts. Some of the guys aren't even on the team. They're good because of Cody Bellinger and Peterson and all these young guys they have coming up. Turner, Seager. And and people see the $200 million payroll. Meanwhile, that's going to Matt Kemp and Andre Ethier and Carl Crawford and all these guys. The difference is, of course... Um, and this goes back to our discussion yesterday. They can, you know, not that they want to, but they can afford. All right, so we, we signed a bad contract, and <clears throat> so we'll just, you know, go ahead and bring somebody else in to take their place. Uh, yeah, and, and, and another thing about Huntington, there's a uh, as long as whole tenure, there's been a tendency for him to take guys that he thinks are going to hit, and they don't. Uh, Lyle Overbay. Uh, <laughs> He was lusting after Andy LaRoche, who was, was zero. It's almost like he he can tell and project pitchers to a point. But I've never seen anything from him but outside of uh, Josh Bell that he knows to project what a hitter's going to be. I mean, Jose Batista, he broomed him for nothing. Um, there, there's a long list. Jason, uh, Jason Bay trade was a disaster. It, it's just like he's had his 10 years. And as a fan, I don't want to go through another year in. I really don't. And I'm with you, play the young guys, but I want a new GM in here as as I've documented. Yeah, uh, without question, uh, fully uh, and completely. <clears throat> um, I, you know what? I can't discount what they did. In 13, 14, and 15. And I think that would be unfair to say, well, nothing ever happened here. Now, you can also make the argument that so much of that was the foundation that Littlefield built, although no one wants Littlefield back. Um, Now, I think that he, more than Huntington, as crazy as this sounds, was more hamstrung by his owner than Huntington has been. Um, Nutting is cheap, without a question of a doubt. McClatchy didn't have any option. I mean, they they just didn't have enough operating capital to run a franchise, and that was uh, that was realized in some of the draft decisions they made. Clearly, it was a money motivation and or just horrible, horrible scouting advice, or money overruled the baseball people. But in this particular case, that's not an issue for whatever you think of nutting. Back in the early days when Huntington took over, beginning with the 08 draft, they didn't shy away from big name players. Uh, I mean, draft players. Um, they, I mean, they, you know, they they if a guy was supposed to make a lot of money, I mean, you know, Pedro was the number two pick. Everybody, you know, and I, I, he didn't pan out fully, but there wasn't a guy in a team in Major League Baseball didn't say, well, that that's who you should pick right there. You can make the argument about Machado. I did at the time uh, over Tyon because I would always rather take a position player with that kind of upside than I would a pitcher. Too many things happen to pitchers, and I'm not, that's not you know that's not a slam at, at Jamison Tyon. Um, but he he evaluated people, or, or they drafted people that just haven't worked out. That's the bottom line. Without the money restrictions, that wasn't a factor. I totally agree because I mean the, the draft picks are slotted, and I remember the. The Weeders deal, I mean, it was a signability thing, which is, since they restructured the draft, that's gone. So there's this false narrative around, and I I have friends of mine that buy into it, that running cheapness. I mean, you have to infuse young talent to do anything, to make trades. You're not going to keep everybody you draft. I I look at the Pirates in the 70s. They were always coming up with hitters. 
and they would trade them for pitchers. And, and they had a long line. I remember that Willie Randolph was the guy they traded to get pitching. Yeah, Doc Medich was, was, was that deal. Um, but they were, they were trying to add to a team they thought was a contender, and, the, and the, you know this, the Pirates were <clears throat> at that time. The, the final issue on this, and I was going to read one of your tweets, but why do that one? I've got you live. Um, <laughs> um, if your stated objective, if your mission statement is <clears throat> being the team that we are in the market that we are in, we are going to have to build primarily through the draft. I mean, if I mean, even the Yankees and the Red Sox, you look at you know their lineups. You know, there's a lot of guys that you know that they drafted and developed. I think that's true of any team. No matter how much money you have to spend, look at the Cubs. You know, how did they build? Yeah, there were some trades there, certainly. Lester, free agents, uh, Arietta, but you know, you look at the Bryants and the Rizzo's and guys like that. Um, Every team, no matter how much money they have to spend, have to be successful in the draft. You cannot add eight position players all by a trade or free agency. But especially the Pirates or any team, uh, you know, like at Cleveland, Kansas City, you have to be successful in the draft. Because if you're looking to add free agents or add by trade, you're actually trying to put the top on a skyscraper without building the foundation first. And so- so the, the mission statement was build through the draft. We have to. That's where they failed. Even the Yankee teams that won was, you know, their their core was Jeter and Bernie Williams and and Pettit and these guys. Absolutely, they, and Rivera, no question. And the only team in my lifetime that that bought a championship was a, I think that '97 team that Tim Leland ran in uh, Florida. Yeah, they did. And that's it. That's it. I mean, that that goes against the rule, but that's one time in how many years. But, uh, well, hey, thanks for letting me vent, Stan. I'll, I'll lay off you on the Huntington stuff on Twitter. That's okay. I like re- <laughs> I like reading it. <laughs> thanks, Skip. All right, we're going to get some more of your comments on the issue. Um, you know, do they have to evaluate? And the question is, you're relying on the evaluation of two guys that nobody trusts, or few do anyway, and that's, that's Frank Coonley and Nutting. That becomes the issue. But you can't sit there and say, well, don't make a move because they'll be worse. No, you, if, you, if you don't think if you don't think that Huntington's your guy, then fine. If you do, then get a new scouting director or do something. Nick tweets, agree, Stan. Huntington's, there's a lot of the blame. He basically punted on the last two seasons before they started a bridge to nowhere. And again, they wouldn't be in a position to add at the trade deadline if they had a better core. And that, again, is the draft. Mike says, Huntington's a smart guy. I think the wrong direction was somewhat planned for this year as a bridge to be better. Not saying it'll work. You know what? I thought so, too. But I look at Cole, and I look at Tyone, and I, I'm wavering on that now. I thought that they actually did have the nucleus uh, potentially to be a contender next year. But if Cole and Tyone aren't better than what they've been, then no. Do you realize that Jameson, Jameson Tyone, and we understand the issue, and maybe this is coming back to bite him, what he's been through. But in the first half of the season, Tyone was 5-2 and two with a 2.5-something ERA. Since the All-Star break, Tyone's ERA is 9 
Nine. Nine. All right, we got more of your comments. Trivia coming up. It involves uh, the Pirates. One o'clock, blockbuster NBA trade Kyrie Irving. Kenny Rhoda, Cleveland talk show host and a native Pittsburgh, will join me at one. Ben talks about Le'Veon Bell. Do you have concerns that Bell's going to be ready? If he only reports by September 1st? All that ahead today on Saverin on Sports. For some, football is a hobby. For Tunchilkin and Craig Wolfley, football is a lifestyle. Get behind the walls of the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex and into the locker room with Tunch and Wolf for the best analysis that this town has to offer. Weekday mornings from 10 a.m. till noon. Tunch and Wolf give you a unique perspective that only two former Steelers can provide as they break down last week's game and look ahead to the next Steelers foe. Your home of the Steelers. ESPN Pittsburgh at 9.70 a.m. and 106.3 FM and SNR, available on the iHeartRadio app. It's the godfather of Pittsburgh sports. Don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. Stan Saverin on ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. All right, we're going to discuss the Kyrie Irving, Isaiah Thomas, Trey Cleveland in Boston. Also, Jerry Dulac will join us at 1.30 uh, talking about Ben's comments. He's worried Le'Veon Bell won't be ready in time um, or in football shape. If he only reports on September 1st, I want your comments about that uh, as well. We'll talk to Jerry about that. Uh, time now for our trivia question. The first correct caller wins the $25 gift certificate to the Carlton Restaurant, purveyors of fine meat and fish, Danton. Since the baseball draft began in 1965, the Pirates have had four overall number one picks. Three of them were pitchers. Who was the only position player that the Pirates selected with the number one overall pick? 412-922-2874, pound 970. Who was the only position player the Pirates took with that first overall number one pick? Have the answer for you next on Saverin on Sports. We are sports. Stay up to date with us on Facebook, ESPN Radio Pittsburgh, or on Twitter, where we keep it shorter at ESPN Radio PGH. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.